Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Have you noticed that within the last year or so, Solana has gone down multiple times, and I could not understand how a blockchain could go down without it being completely centralized. And I was trying to figure this out for the longest time. And after doing hours of research, it actually took me probably about uh, 10 hours of total research to figure all of this stuff out. And it is definitely not an easy question to answer. So that's what we're going to dive into today. How is it that Solana constantly goes down? Well, first of all, to understand Solana, you have to understand the differences or the problems that it was trying to solve. And as far as we know, the most popular blockchain, as far as these NFT projects, where the volume of trade, as far as the dollars and everything, it's really on Ethereum. And Ethereum is a second generation blockchain trying to do certain things that Bitcoin could not do before it. First of all, smart contracts, everything that really blew up on the Ethereum blockchain. Well, Solana tried to address a lot of the problems that Ethereum has. We still see all sorts of scalability issues. This was most evident during the other side drops when Basie dropped the land where the blockchain could not handle it. But even before that, there's multiple times where the chain could just not handle the sure volume of what was going through. The first time was when CryptoKitties hit the blockchain. All the people that were trying to work out the kinks of Ethereum were so upset at the CryptoKitties because it's like they were trying to change the world with this blockchain. And here comes these guys that were unloading these gifts with rainbows that were mating and all sorts of craziness. And they were not thrilled by the arrival of NFTs. And it brought down the blockchain because it could not handle the volume. And even today, in a much more mature state, Ethereum cannot handle that many transactions per second. And just to give you an idea, Bitcoin, which is first generation, very slow, can only do about four transactions per second. Ethereum does around 20 per second, but Solana boasts 50,000 that is possibly scalable up to 700,000 transactions per second. Now, that is a lofty goal, which is a ridiculous number. Right now, it's doing around 50,000, but the idea of trying to get it up to 700,000, how is that even possible, seeing that they're having so many issues right now? The blockchain is going down, and it's causing some people even to doubt the entire ecosystem. Well, to understand how that all happened is one of the co-founders that was actually working on Ethereum with Vitalik Buterin, who is, quote unquote, the crown prince of Ethereum, did not see eye to eye with him how to handle venture capital and all sorts of different things. And he ended up going off to start Solano. And of course, I'm speeding through a lot of history just explaining it. But what he decided to do is tackle some of the issues that Ethereum had with their growing pains as far as being able to transact and that bottleneck with the number of transactions per second and how he or how that team decided to go about that is solve the scalability issue with speed. By the way, just a quick disclaimer, if you are a complete newbie, what I'm going to say for the next minute and a half or so is a little bit overkill. So if you're not really familiar with all the different blockchains and how they're working, I would skip ahead to minute five, just in case I don't want to overwhelm you with all this stuff. You really don't have to know all the nitty gritty, all the technical details that I'm about to say for the next minute or so. However, it is very interesting and does play into the rest of the episode. And rather than doing the proof of work system, 
which Ethereum is currently built on, although it is transitioning to proof of stake. We have no idea when that's going to come because they are constantly rolling back and delaying this merger to the quote unquote Ethereum 2.0. But anyways, Solana is based on proof of history. Now, let me explain what proof of work is, proof of stake and proof of history. In case you're not familiar with all these terms, In the most simplified way, Bitcoin was the original proof-of-work blockchain, and it required raw computing power. They're solving a ridiculously hard math problem in order to validate or authenticate whatever transaction was going on, and that's how these blocks were made. That is how the nodes or these computers that are validating all this information, that is how they are able to make these blocks and register all these transactions on the chain. Proof-of-stake, on the other hand, is a much more efficient and newer way of doing things where the people that are processing it, all those validators, which are just computers all over the world that are connected to the network, that are processing all the information and upkeeping all of this stuff, they have a joint interest by staking or depositing funds onto the blockchain. So in theory, because they have a joint interest or a stake in the blockchain, they're going to ensure that everything is authentic. There's no fraud. They will maintain trust and act in the best way possible for everyone because they have a joint stake. So just to give you an idea, this is like the difference between a proof of work blockchain where someone's an employee, they're just grunting out the work, they're doing whatever task it is, whether it's making burgers or it is laying shingles on a roof, whatever. That is what they do. They do their work, they get paid for it. On the other hand, a proof of stake would be someone who is basically paid in stock options in the sense that these are like the CEOs and the executives that in theory, they will behave in a way that is going to benefit everyone because their payment is directly in the success of that blockchain. So not going to go through all the technical details and what have you, but if you're really interested in this, just go to YouTube, search proof of work and proof of stake. Now, Solana takes that proof of stake, but also they have something called proof of history. And to understand how this actually works, it's like it solves a huge problem. Normally, when these transactions have to be processed on a blockchain, they have to be lined up and come into order of when the transaction is made. Now, this requires all sorts of syncing of clocks and figuring out which one came in first based on the gas fees and the order of transaction to make sure everything is okay. It takes a lot of computing power. And in many ways, it is very inefficient and redundant. So what Solana tries to do is it tries to include a timestamp onto every single transaction. That does not happen on Ethereum and the other blockchains. So what they do is when that transaction goes through for whatever amount, whatever exactly is taking place, that time is included right there on it. So it does not matter when the order actually comes in. Everything will eventually be sorted out by when that timestamp is. This allows transactions to basically come from every single direction. So think of it this way. On Ethereum, it's like each of these validators, these blocks have to line up one by one to go onto the blockchain. It's sort of like when you had a notebook check back in school days, when you brought your binder up to the uh, teacher and you stood in line behind each student. Well, the first student that was in line would get their notebook checked off and then they would go back and then the next student and so forth. However, with the proof of history system, it would almost be like every single student just throwing the paper over at the teacher at the same exact time. And then the teacher processes everything based on when it was timestamp. I know that sounds crazy. However, when each student completes their work, they just put that timestamp and throw it at the teacher. And the teacher then goes through the pile and sorts out everything. 
and puts it in the order of when it was timestamped. That sounds absolutely crazy. However, it solves the problem of that bottleneck of having to line up everything one by one, and that is how they're able to scale. And is a far reach from 20 transactions per second to 50,000 transactions per second. So if this system is so fast, so efficient, just lining everything up, doesn't matter when the data is sent in, it will sort out the timestamp. Well, why does it keep going down? And if they can't handle 50,000 transactions, how do they expect to get to 700,000 transactions? Now, this is where the majority of my research trying to figure these things out makes sense of this actually went. It gets very complicated and technical. However, I'm going to simplify to the best of my ability from everything that I understood. But again, I highly recommend that you do your research, really dig into this stuff because I spent about 10 hours or so trying to figure out all this stuff. And I'm trying to condense it down just to a few minutes so you can get the general idea of it. And to my understanding is that on the Solano blockchain, there are a lot more bots. The transaction fees are obviously very low because it can handle so much more. On Ethereum or any other blockchain for that matter, the higher the demand with the less supply means that the price goes up. But because Solano can process so many transactions all at once, there really isn't that much of a wait in line. So because of this, it makes it very easy for a developer to put on a bot to do whatever transaction it is. It can hit the system many times per second. So a lot of the times when these systems or the Solano network goes down is because it seems to be overwhelmed by the number of bot transactions. Whether this is a deliberate attempt to bring the system down or someone is trying to do something, maybe some quick flipping or trading or whatever it might be, and the volume at that particular time is just too much. But the thing I couldn't understand and really why I was scratching my head on this is because even with the Board Apes Yacht Club, when they had that land sale or other side, I should say, as crazy as it got, the system did not go down. It was just so clogged up that nothing was really going through. Gas prices went up to $8,000. However, it still was working. So this led me to start to research, well, how are these things validated? What is actually going on? What does the network look like? Is this centralized or something? Is there some big server that can be turned off and the whole Solana team just shuts everything down? And to my research, I came to the conclusion that it is not truly centralized. However, the developmental team does run the majority of the validating notes. Therefore, it is much more centralized than Ethereum. And that's kind of mind blowing to me because it takes a lot of an investment to actually become a validator on the Ethereum network. To be a solo validator, it takes an investment of 32 ETH with at this point of recording that that's $100,000 or so. So that is not something to just sneeze at. Not a lot of people can get into this. However, it seems to be that more people are validators. It is much more scattered. It is more spread out across the globe. And although the system might be blocked up and nothing's being processed, it still stays up. On the other hand, it takes a lot less to get into Ethereum. You don't have to stake a minimum amount. You can get in with any amount of interest stake to the blockchain. However, the equipment that is required to do these transactions is not very cheap. It requires a supercomputer, basically, that has 128 gigabytes of RAM, 12 cores of computing process. And just to give you an idea, that is probably going to run you about $10,000 for this computer. At this point in time, although it is not hundred thousand dollars that investment is still pretty heavy though there's no minimum not everyone can get into this and because it is a newer blockchain not as much investment and everything is built up into the infrastructure as with ethereum there just aren't as many nodes validating all these transactions around the globe and a large percentage of them are owned by the development team so once the system is attacked it is much easier to in in essence turn off the entire network 
than it is over on Ethereum. So of course, this led me to start to question the entire ecosystem, what's really going on over there? Because for the most part, I was a pretty big fan of Solana. I actually had it ranked above Ethereum, although I have way more invested into the Ethereum network than I do the Solana network. But these constant outages are real concern to me and a lot of people in the community for that matter. I think they're doing some great things over there. I think they're working out some growing pains. They have a lot of investment from VCs. Some major projects are running on it. However, everything is not perfect. But here's what I learned that was very surprising to me, which is really not a bad thing. However, it does explain a lot of the growing pains that they're going through. Solana is actually still in beta. The main functionality of the blockchain is still being built which is pretty surprising to me because it seems like it is pretty well established. However, its mainnet officially rolled out only about two years ago, just a little bit over that. So Ethereum definitely has a huge head start when it comes to all the problems, the growing pains that they saw in the early days. Well, yes, Solana was able to look at that, learn from that. Again, the founder was on that Ethereum team. However, working out all those kinks, all the growing pains and issues that they're having right now, is understandable in such a short period of time. However, it does make me second guess when it's going to be ready for mass adoption or for businesses to really build something on this. And don't get me wrong, I am pretty bullish still on the whole Solana ecosystem and what have you. Full disclosure, I do have NFTs over there. I do own Solana tokens. But truthfully, at this current moment, at this time, I'm more bullish on the coin than I am the network. So if I were launching a project today, all things being equal, which one would I put it on? I would go with Ethereum. However, I can't say that would be the case in a year or two or five. I don't know. Only time will tell. But at this current moment, I had to knock down Solana at least a notch. But I would love to know, what are your thoughts on it? Maybe you've done some more research than I have. Maybe you know certain things about the project that I'm not aware of or I'm overlooking. So I would love to hear what your thoughts are about Solana, Ethereum comparison. And I know there's so much other angles that I could have went to comparing all sorts of things, but is really the speed of the network, how everything's being validated, the number of validators, the centralization, number of transactions, and why the network went down. That is really my main area of research because I just could not understand how this blockchain keeps going down if it is so fast and can handle so many transactions. So if you have anything that you'd like to add on to this, throw into the conversation, please reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter. But as usual, I want to thank you for listening to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.